Hey, before we get started on this episode, obviously you saw the news. Queen Elizabeth has passed away, and this does impact the boxing world. The Clisha Shields Savannah Martial Card was taking place in the UK. It has since been postponed. A chunk of this episode is spent talking about that fight. It is postponed. It's not canceled. We will get to it at some point. Just thought uh, I should let you guys know that. Enjoy the show. On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, a new era begins. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live presented by John Boy Media. And today I am simply one half of Inside Boxing Live, Dan Canobio, as always. And this is a big day for the show as we bring in the newest permanent co-host of Inside Boxing Live. He's a former WBO junior lightweight champion, former ISKA kickboxing champion, two-time best-selling author. He'll outcook you seven days of the week and twice on Sunday. Best hair in the game. If you don't know who I'm talking about by now, it's Chris Algieri, and he's the newest co-host. Welcome, Chris, to Inside Boxing Live. Welcome to the John Boy Media family. Very excited to kick off this new era of Inside Boxing Live. Yeah, absolutely. This is something we've been talking about for a while, and we're here. Today's the day, and we're, uh, we're going to be talking boxing from now until the end of time. Yes, there's so much to talk about too, but first, how does it feel to join uh, the burgeoning John Boy Media empire? This is the only boxing podcast here. Uh, it's a baseball-centric company. I'm teaching these kids slowly but surely that there are fighters that exist outside of Jake Paul. There are some big-time fights. So uh, how does it feel to join the, the John Boy crew? Man, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I came down to the office uh, a couple months back when I was in New York and I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is what the lifeblood of, of, of the current media culture is like. I mean, so to be able to join, join up and bring boxing to the forefront this way, I think is a uh, perfect timing. Tell us what you're up to too. I know a lot of boxing fans um, enjoy your, your broadcasting. You're very well regarded on Twitter. I think that that means something in, in, in the boxing Twitter, because I've been blocking people left and right this week. People calling me names because I simply said, Jake Paul, it is a, a step up for him, but just tell us what you've been up to. Uh, if you're going to fight again, maybe we'll get into that, but what's going on in the broadcasting career, day-to-day -day life of uh, Chris. Yeah. Like you said, I, I've been pretty busy with the broadcasting. I, I really enjoy it. It's uh something that it takes a lot of reps, like everything else, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just like boxing. You gotta, you gotta train, you've gotta do your homework. You've gotta, you gotta live it and breathe it. And that's something that I do anyway. So for me, being able to be ringside and for the world to listen to what I have to say, uh, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool gig for, for someone who used to be just a young little kid watching fights and doing the same thing on my, on my carpet in my living room. But, um, and then in terms of fighting, I mean, I, I want to fight before the end of the year. You know, I've had some time off. I needed some time off, and uh, now we're back to it. I've been in the gym, so looking forward to to what's next. Wow. So we have a lot of um, ex-professional athletes at this company. Uh, Jerry Blevins played for the Mets, played for the A's. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, 100-career home runs for the Minnesota Twins. They're all retired. We don't have anyone that, like, actively plays. Oh, we do. We have the Jets player with Chris Rose. But just that's a new wrinkle here for, for John Boy. Like, you stepping back into the ring as a podcast host. I don't think that's ever been done in the history of boxing uh no i mean hey it's i think we're going to be doing a lot of first year so why not start right with that you know active fighter active broadcaster and podcast host a lot of hats you wear a lot of hats and you're a, a, a long islander 
So this is two yes. Long Islanders coming together. So if you hear an accent coming through, uh, you might bring it out of me. And, and yeah, <laughs> so people are like, whoa, where did that come from? All right. Um, so get that all out of the way. Also, yeah, you're working with Matchroom. You're working with Top Rank. So you're so involved in the sport. Love that. We're going to be doing this um, on uh, later in the week, of course, on Thursdays. We're going to have some uh, post-fight podcasts. We're going to have some live shows. We're going to be going to fights. A lot of stuff is going to be hitting the John Boy Boxing uh, YouTube page. So go out and subscribe if you have not already. So I'm very excited, man. Let's, let's get into it. Um, I guess we'll talk heavyweights first. Uh, it's been that time. Um, it's a good thing, I think. When the heavyweights are at least, well, obviously, you want them to fight each other. But when they're just talking about fighting each other, when they're just in the headlines. And right now, Tyson Fury is dominating the headlines as we tape this on Thursday morning. It could change by Thursday afternoon. I think the latest, the last I checked Twitter right before we did this, is that he's Tyson Fury is giving Anthony Joshua until the end of Thursday uh, to accept a 60-40 split, accept either uh, December 3rd, I think, or November 26th. You know, he's now moved on from Usyk, and now he's looking towards Joshua. Frankly, I think this is like a pretty solid move from, from Fury because he probably figures, you know what, Matchroom and AJ aren't going to take this fight because AJ's coming off of, what, two consecutive losses, three of his last five. We can get him uh, at a time where we think we can beat him. It's the, arguably the biggest fight you could possibly make in boxing. If he doesn't take it, I can just sit there and call him out left and right. Oh, you didn't take the fight. You didn't take the fight. If he does take it, I can probably beat him and make a boatload of money. What's your take on this whole situation? Are you shocked that Tyson Fury is out of retirement and he's now calling out Joshua? No, this is exactly what I expected to happen. Uh, I, I even called it on air because I, I had the chance to call that fight live, the uh, Usyk-Joshua fight. And we were speaking about, all right, well, Tyson Fury is quote-unquote retired. I said, no, he's not. He's not going to be retired. I don't think he's going to come back for Usyk, but I do think he's going to come back for Joshua, especially at this stage in the game. I think, one, like you said, boatload of money, huge fight. They do that in Saudi. They do that over there. I mean, the, the amount of money these guys will make, it'll be the richest fight in history. Secondly, just like you said, timing-wise, I think it's an easy fight for Tyson Fury. Not only is – I think he beats – Joshua either way, but I think coming off of two losses, coming off of what we saw mentally from, from Joshua right after the fight, I think Tyson Fury would be a heavy, heavy favorite. Yeah, it's it, it, like like I said, like, I think he put him in, in a position where they're like, oh, crap, like I don't think ma uh, Matchroom kind of knew this this was coming because it's like, yeah, we accepted it. We accepted the 60-40. Now they're going back and forth of course. On, on the dates and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, I don't see a path for Joshua to, uh, to, to win that fight. Uh, I think it comes down to whether Matchroom wants to cash out, uh, sort of say, uh, on Joshua. I still think he's a big draw. He's arguably the oh, yeah. big draw in boxing. Uh, and he's still a great fighter, too. It's, it's you know, like I said, I, I think Fury's a heavy favorite, but I, th I still think it's a good fight. I'd rather see this fight than Tyson versus Usyk, honestly. Really? I just think, uh, yeah, I just think stylistically the matchup, I think the size difference and the way that Tyson can be a real bully and would, would need to be in order to to, to uh, neutralize Usyk and that style. I think that makes a very ugly fight. But this fight, I think Joshua is big enough. He's athletic enough. He's got enough power. He can actually contend with with Tyson Fury while it lasts. And I think it actually becomes a good scrap. You don't think you don't put anything to like. Let's see some like finality. Let's get a four belt. Uh, champion first time in the history of the four belt era, which I hate saying because that that's just like solidifies these four organizations. But there's something too like Usyk, 
it's it's funny in the heavyweight divisions. Like boxing fans were called first. It was I want Joshua Wilder. I mean, moved on from that because both guys mm-hmm. lost. And then it's like, oh, Fury comes through and he beats Wilder uh, two out of three, arguably three out of three. So now it's I want to see uh, Wild, uh, Fury versus uh, Joshua. Now Joshua loses to Usyk, and the fans are like, oh, we got to see Fury versus uh, Usyk now. But yep. in comes Joshua, and it's like, wait a second. Like fans do want to see this fight, but it's not the right order. Should the order matter, or should we just see the, these big fights happen like? Back in our heyday in the 90s when everyone fought each other and we don't remember the order and how, you know, a Holyfield Tyson or Holyfield Bo happened. We just know that it happened. Well, that's that's the problem with having so many belts. But I do believe that these particular characters, these fighters, they have transcended those belts. You got guys like Tyson Fury. You got guys like Anthony Joshua, uh, even even Wilder. I mean, these guys, they're they're bigger than life. They're larger than life. Um, like you said, like like the Evander Holyfields and the Lennox. Was, yeah, you know, they they were able to get all the belts together. But. I don't really care about that. I care about good fights. You know, the belts are the belts. The belts are important. Being the heavyweight champion of the world is important. But I want to see the best fights possible. And I want those historic nights that we've come used to in the 90s and the late 80s. Well, I like the fact that they're doing it, too. They're talking about doing it in the U.K. Um, Whether it's going to be rainy and cold there because it's going to be in December. I I feel like it's a little rushed. Uh, I do want to see it. Like, I'm not one to marinate. Like, I know our friend Chris Mannix put out like um uh, something on Twitter. It's like, am I the only one that thinks that this fight should happen like next year? Like Joshua should go on and, and take on like a, a Dillian White or or mm-hmm. Zora. Let Fury go out and fight Usyk or let Fury go out and fight anyone on the domestic level over in the UK. Then build this fight up next spring. But that's the thing with, with Fury is we have no clue what this guy is going to do next. Our friend Rob Tebbit tweeted this the other day. And I thought this was hilarious. Tyson Fury since April, Chris. KO'd Dillian White. Called out Francis Nagano, retired, kicked the taxi, <laughs> called out Thor, unretired, appointed Isaac Lowe as his trainer, called out Trezora, retired again, unretired, vacated the ring belt, uh, punched a WWE wrestler, and now has called out Joshua. Who knows what's going to be the case a year from now if we're going to see Joshua versus Fury. Uh, let's just see what happened, right? This is why I love Tyson Fury. He is He's a wild man. But, I mean, the guy can fight. So when it comes down to it, you know he's going to bring his A game. I agree with Mannix. I think that they should let this fight marinate a little bit. I think getting Joshua back to his winning ways, he goes back on the, on the UK scene. He knocks out a couple of those UK heavyweight guys. You get the aura back. Tyson Fury has been out of the ring. He gets another win under his belt. Look for it next fall, end of next year. You know, let, let, let's make this a real heavyweight clash. Yeah, how does this play out then? How, how does this play? Does Joshua take the fight? And if he doesn't, yeah. does he even care about, um, you know, perceived notion that, you know, he ducked, Fury uh, is Fury actually serious about this? How does this all play out? Because it could play out by the time this hits your your podcast feed or or YouTube, we can have a, uh, an answer on this one way or another. I think they accept it, but I don't think it happens till the spring. I, I I'd be hard it'd be hard pressed to make this happen before the end of the year. There's a lot of buildup for a fight like that. We're already in September. You know, we're, we're gonna a three month build out for for that level of fight. I think it's gonna be pushed back to the spring, but I do think it's gonna happen. You think? So you think Joshua goes on one of these little war, world tours that Eddie's talking about, maybe fighting as Eli Zhang, uh, who you called his fight. Uh, that's not an easy fight. Uh, fight no. Laura, fight a Dillian White, and then, you know, see where the chips uh, fall next year for a Fury and Joshua fight. I don't. I think I think Joshua is going to go right to it. I just think it's going to take more time to build and Tyson to come back. Uh, mm. But I would prefer if Joshua did that and was able to get a couple fights under his belt, at least one before going back in there with, with Fury. Yeah, I, I think that's that's how it's going to play out. I can see it 
I could be wrong. I mean, uh, I, I've said there was no way that Mayweather was ever going to fight McGregor, and I, I, that they, money talks. There's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I was, I, I was with you on that one. I did not call that. I was telling everybody, I'm like, it's not going to happen. Never going to happen. Dead wrong. Right, because we're almost programmed as fans, uh, media members. Uh, you know, when something like this comes around, it's like unconventional. Like Fury Joshua is makes sense, but it is a little unconventional the timing of it. So when it comes around, your first inkling, my first inkling was, "Nah, this is this is Tyson Fury just doing what he does." Like we just illustrated, this is another chapter uh, in the last six months of Fury. But who knows? Maybe they'll get into you the ring. You you can't leave that much money on the table, though. I, I mean, that's 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 pulling everybody out of retirement. There's so much money. He's still at the top of his game. He looked great against White. Uh, and it wasn't long ago. It was, it's not like he's been out of the ring, year, you know, the ring for four right. years or something. You know, he's, he fought six months ago. This, the, leaving that kind of money on the table is asinine. Well, well, the other half, the other side of it is the, the Usyk money is supposed to, is all coming from Saudi people. Like that's going to be site fee money. Like, you know, he's saying, I want 500 million. That's not going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. Like the, the, there's more money for the, for the Joshua fight. Uh, than there yeah. is for the Usyk fight, but the Usyk fight's still going to make him a lot of money too, because it's going to come overseas and it's going to come with the site fee and it's going to come with all that. The scene for a Fury Joshua, whether it's at Wembley, whether it's at one of these big soccer stadiums in front of the UK fans, the battle for Britain, I'd love to see it. It's just a, a matter of when it's going to happen. Um, but that's the latest with uh, Tyson Fury um, and Anthony Joshua. We'll see how that all plays out. Over the weekend, Chris, uh, Andy Ruiz picked up a win. Uh, shout out to me for taking the over uh, eight and a half uh, in the second round when when uh, Ortiz hit the deck and his legs were he had uh, spaghetti legs. I was like, ah, oh, that's not looking too good. I also took Ruiz by decision, but this isn't about my, my gambling picks. We'll have gambling <laughs> picks later in the show, though. But uh, Andrew Ruiz picks up a win. Uh, Deontay Wilder was in attendance. I th- I still think he's taking selfies with fans uh, out at, at Crypto.com Arena. But the, what came out of this is Ruiz is supposed to win this fight. And now Wilder's fighting uh, Hellenius October 15th at Barclays. WBC has come in and said the winner of Hellenius, um, Deontay Wilder will now fight Andy Ruiz to figure out who the number one contender is uh, at heavyweight. I like this. I like that, that there's some like a path. I like that Andy Ruiz is in there. What do you make of Ruiz's performance? um, And where do you have him like in your pantheon of heavyweights? I've been a big fan of Andy Ruiz for a while and actually predicted him giving Joshua hell the first time when, when Jarrell Miller fell out of that fight, uh, I got asked in Vegas about, about, you know, having injuries as, as the replacement. I was like, that's a tough fight. Stylistically, he's got fast hands. He hits hard and he's durable. And basically that's, that's the MO of, of Andy Ruiz. He's a fun guy to watch. I mean, he looked great against Ortiz. I was really impressed uh, with his ability to, to, to find those shots. He had great precision, great timing, great distance against a guy who's a very good boxer and very good counter puncher in, uh, in Ortiz. So I think that was a great performance and definitely puts him right into that those upper echelon guys. A fight with Wilder makes a ton of sense. Huge. But Wilder has to get by Hellenius. Hellenius is a tough SOB, man. Nice. That guy is big. He's strong. He hits hard. Um, very interesting fight and, and not a walkover at all for Wilder. So that, that you know, segue division, it, there's always question marks about who's going to end up fighting who. Look, we're just, look where we're at with Usyk and Joshua and, and Fury. Like Wilder, guys lose all the time. It, Heavyweights, one punch is all that matters. Yeah, I think Ruiz, what he has going for him is the, those fast hands. Like, he landed yeah. a counter on Ortiz that I didn't even see. And I am of a, a trained eye mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to count punches. It was so quick. And I think that's what he has going for him. Do I think he can beat Wilder? Wilder? Probably not. But he has hands. Like, that's the thing yeah. with, with Ruiz. I thought he was a little 
tentative. And that was the reason I picked the over. And that was the reason I picked Ruiz by decision. It's like he has these fast hands, but there's a misnomer about him is that he throws the least amount of punches in the heavyweight division per round. He throws in like the lower thirties because he's in and out. He'll throw a three punch combination and then he'll take like 35, 40 seconds off. I don't know if that's conditioning. I don't know if that's his, uh, you know, that's what he's trying to do in there. That's his game plan. But there were times in that Ortiz fight where I wished he just stepped on the gas a little more. He probably would have got a knockout, but in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, you know what? Play this cautious. Ortiz still hits like a mule. Uh, if I win this fight, I move on to m- bigger paydays because you get, try to get the feeling that or, or that Ruiz is in this f- for the money. The guy likes to party. He likes cars. Like he just wants to keep winning to, to get bigger uh, paydays. But do you think he should fight, like show a little more urgency in there? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's also very durable too. So he's not the kind of guy who uh, takes a lot of punches and, you know, and goes down again, has ever been knocked out. I mean, he got dropped against Joshua. He got dropped against Chris, against Chris Ariola. Um, although that was a bit of a shot behind the head and kind of a, weird weird situation but um yeah no I, I think he can push the action more especially early on to try and get these guys out of there and he's going to need to do that with wilder the longer that fight goes wilder can knock out a dinosaur at any time <laughs> the guy has a has a cannon for a right hand so if if the fight is on wilder can win and if ruiz has him hurt early and lets him survive that's a really bad idea but stylistically i think it's a it's a very interesting matchup Andy Ruiz, he's got those short arms. He's very quick. Um, he covers the distance really well. He's got short punches, and he's got a lot of power. If he gets inside on Wilder, Wilder's going to have no defense for that. Those long arms are not going to help him on the inside at all. So if Andy can get in there and let his hands go, and he's going to have to go for the finish early. Um, otherwise, I mean, Wilder, at length with that right hand, he can, he can knock out anybody. I'm happy that Wilder's back. Like he had a, has a disposition to him. Totally different. I think he was looking his wounds for a while. He went into a little bit of solitude and I don't blame him. I mean, 30 rounds with Tyson Fury took some savage beatings in the, in those, in those. Yeah. Rounds. And you know, the late he's, he's been good. Like he's coming back. He was in great spirits at the pay-per-view on, on Sunday night, uh, you know, taking pictures with fans t- saying all the right things. I want to, my second reign. I'm not in this just for one fight. I want to win the world title. Uh, again but then you see he's like today i checked and i saw that he did a um an interview i think it was with fight hype and he's bringing up the loaded gloves again i think he's just never gonna let that go like yeah uh i mean i i i look at it in two ways you know talking about him with the new attitude and whatnot i mean one it's like okay it's good it seems like he's gotten over it and now he's 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 back to his winning ways but two it's like did you lose the dog like, do you still have that? Like, got that nice dog in now. you got that yeah, dog, man. In? Like, are you a nice guy now? Are you, you, you just happen to be here now? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a different feeling. So it's, it's, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. But, um, you know, when, when I like, I'd like Wilder. I like that he's back. I like, I like the bomb squad. I like the scream in the whole, I, I love all that. Um, I don't know if I like nice guy Wilder as much. I like, <laughs> I like loud and, well, and boombastic, you know? So then you don't have any issues with him bringing up the, 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 Loaded hey, if, if if it if it keeps that 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 dog in him yeah okay fine whatever think think that way think that think that you were cheated think that you deserve to be at the tops think that you're still the best heavyweight in the world mentality is it goes a long way in this sport so um i'm okay with that yeah he he made a lot of money i mean he made a yeah. lot a boatload of money and it's true it's like does he have that still in him, that fire, that desire? He's saying all the right things now. We're going to see on, on the 15th of October uh, what he has left. If he struggles with Hellenius, I think that will say a lot. If he sparks him yeah. out inside of eight or if he knocks him out in any part of the fight, 
that's going to be huge. That's going to be big. I think I've always said the boxing is a lot more exciting with an act of Deontay Wilder. We're going to see October 15th. That's the beauty of the sport, right, Chris? We'll see what he's got in the tank, uh, in the ring, in front of everyone, in a raucous Barclays Center. Weed smoke going to be everywhere. I can't wait when Barclays Center gets back into the mix. I know you have a very, a very, very close relationship, relationship with the Barclays Center where you won your first world title. Yeah, I was uh, main event there, I think, four different times, won my world title there. It was one of the first boxing shows they had done in there. Um, and it was one of the last boxing shows on HBO, HBO right. Boxing. You, you so, fought HBO, you fought PBC, right? Yeah, I fought you HBO, fought Showtime, Spike. Yeah, Comedy fought on, on Spike TV. Yeah. Wow. You might yeah, have like yeah. the like the the triple crown, or you have to have like four. To, so it was H. You fought when you fought on Star. Did you ever fight on ESPN? Yep. Augustus, Man, right? ESPN. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, Emmanuel Taylor. Emmanuel Taylor, Taylor was ES- ESPN. Uh, that was Friday Night Fights. Right. So ESPN. And then, it was, and then HBO was the next one for Pavanikov. Right. And then HBO Pay Per View for Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Then Khan was uh, Spike TV. I remember that. Uh, Spence was Showtime, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then DAZN, I fought several times. Six. I fought. I fought on Triller. <laughs> oh, you, oh, that's right. Your last fight. I fought on Triller. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I fought on seven, seven different, seven different networks and shows. Yeah. I've, I've, been, in the wealth. I've, been, I've been around the block. Damn, that's that's actually good. That just shows that you'll work with anyone. That's like the mentality we have with CompuBox. Like we'll work with any network. We'll work with any platform. I mean, you've you know played the game correctly. I'm a prize fighter, man. I, I I fight. I get paid to fight. I don't care who's showing it. I don't care where it is. Just give me the money and point me at the guy. Let's 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 go. We'll tell even more stories later on about Pacquiao, mm-hmm. Khan, which I thought you gave Khan plenty. You gave yeah. Khan I, I still think I won that fight, but. That's that's either I, here or there. I remember watching that. I forgot where I was. Somewhere I was like at a hotel bar, and it was on. And I was like, "Damn, he's giving them issues in there." But we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll have plenty to talk about in the next uh, f- few months. So that's a heavyweight division. Yeah. Um, looking, what's we got? Joyce and Parker on September twenty fourth. Um, heavyweight division's moving finally. Uh, it's finally. it was stale. Uh, it was we were waiting on a lot of things. Waiting on Fury Wilder. Uh, so now we're seeing like top five guys fight top seven guys fight Parker Joyce. I don't know where you have them. I have Joyce, uh, top five, a Parker right on the outside looking in that's September 24th. Uh, that's good. So heavyweight divisions moving. That's the biggest thing in boxing. It'll always be the biggest thing in boxing, but Chris, we have a big fight coming up this weekend. Let's get into our fight previews. But first I have to tell you about DraftKings. Sportsbook. It's officially that time of the year. NFL season, baby. We just had our um, fantasy football draft. Ronnie, me and Ronnie, TM, uh, Team Jam, Hot Boys have the number one ranked team. We got Jared Allen. We got Josh Allen. Who's Jared Allen? I'm not an NFL insider. He's a basketball player. I don't, we don't have him. We have a loaded team, but football season is here. DraftKings Sportsbook is your place. The official uh, sports betting partner of the NFL, new customers. All you have to do is bet $5 on any NFL wager and you instantly receive $200 in free bets. That's right, DraftKings giving all new customers $200 in free bets. Same game parlays. Uh, I have my same game parlay coming up in just a bit. I think I'm going to win this one this week. I had a big week last weekend. It wasn't officially on the books. Uh, I think I'm 0 for 8, but I'm due. I am due. I am due. New customers bet $5 on NFL football wager. Instantly receive $200 in free bets. DraftKings has so many ways to make watching sports 
fund. Download download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code BOXING. Boxing. Receive $200 in free bets instantly when placing a $5 wager. That's promo code BOXING uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'm going to give you my picks right now. And, Chris, you can critique them. Uh I have to do a same game parlay. And what I do is you take a look at the, the odds. You take a look at what makes sense. When, you, when you're doing a parlay, you're, you're having fun. You're taking risks. You want to place bets where there are uh, good odds and plus money. And there's no point of making a parlay if both bets are, are minus odds. I mean, that's not fun at all. So I am going to go with Michaela Mayer by decision. And you can get that at minus 190 right now on DraftKings. I will tell you why when we go through our uh, picks. And then I am going by Savannah Marshall by decision. This is the juicy Whoa. one. This is the juicy one, Chris. Whoa. Plus 290. Plus okay. 290. Like, Calculated I, risk. I like it. I like it. Calculated par- risk. Yeah, parlays are risky. Like, take a risk. But they're, the odds on this are wild for this Shields um, Marshall card. It's plus money on every outcome. Shields by decision is plus 120. Well, she got a decision huh. in the UK. That's what came into my thinking. Oh, uh, okay. okay. You know what I mean? Uh, shields by KO. Uh, she only has one knockdown in her entire career, zero knockouts. That's uh, plus 700. A draw. Draw is interesting. Two-minute rounds, women's boxing. Mm. Plus 1,200. Even amount Marshall- of rounds, too? Two, ten, yeah. Ten round. round. Yeah. Ten round. Five, five. Boom. Uh, 290, plus 290 for Marshall by a decision, which I think is going to happen. And then Marshall by KO, and she's she hits hard. We're going to get into this. She hits hard. Does hit hard. We're going to get into 275. that. You can get that. So like every outcome is plus money. I don't think I've, I've seen that in, in a very long time. Uh, but that's the action this weekend over at DraftKings. Those are my picks. I'll have them out uh, later in the week. Hopefully we get a winner and we can keep this hot streak going. Let's get into it, Chris. Let's talk about the co-main first. Uh, Michaela Mayer, Alicia Baumgartner. Man, these two don't like each other. This is like, we've seen a lot of fake bad blood. We've seen a lot of contrived stuff in our day in the boxing world. I'm sure you have tried to find ways to hate an opponent. You and Pacquiao were playing darts. You were playing pool. You guys were BFFs, I feel like, on your on your tour. But, oh man, she, uh, Baumgartner and Mayer hate each other. I mean, if you watched any of the buildup this week, it's like that's the thing about women's boxing is they, they take it to another level when it comes to like the jealousy, when it comes to the contempt. That's a big storyline in this fight. But I also think that Mayer is just is just so much better than Alicia. Yeah. She's just so much more experienced. An Olympian uh, can fight on the inside. I think that fight with Hamadou showed that she can rumble. Uh, she's long. She's got a really good jab, really good defense, great pedigree. I'm trying to find ways to see Bumgarner winning this fight outside of like landing the one big shot like she did with Terry Harper. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited for this fight. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN Plus this uh, Saturday afternoon. Meyer and Bumgarner, love this fight. Yeah, I wouldn't be as excited if they weren't like catfighting every chance they got. If there wasn't, if there wasn't that, I got to get the last word in every single time they're anywhere near each other. I would be handshake? less excited. Did you see the handshake? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Simple, like a handshake is like they're they're everything. It's like they're going. Everything everything and they're going to be like that for the, in, in the beginning of, at least at the, the beginning of the fight they're going to be tick for tat the whole way um they're not going to want to give up any ground but i agree with you i think mayor is just a, a much better all-around fighter in terms of skill set body types boxing style pedigree experience um it's it's just going to be a matter of time the more rounds that go on i think mayor's really going to take over you know she's a, she's a true boxer puncher she fights great at length, she is a, that mid-range is, is she's deadly. 
She can fight in the inside, which she, we've seen. And the output, she's she's aggressive. She throws a lot of punches. She's yeah. she's coming forward. You know, she's active. Even even that when she's not throwing punches, she's very active on her feet and her footwork. Um, I think she's going to just be way too much for Baumgartner. But Baumgartner's tough and strong and has power, so it'll I think it'll keep Michaela at least uh, at bay somewhat. And that's why I think it'll end up being a decision for for Mayor. The one thing I love about women's boxing too is like these fights get made. There's zero marination. Like there isn't the yep. biggest talent pool. Uh, there isn't enough time to marinate. So let's uh, make the biggest fights now. Let's make Taylor Serrano now. Uh, that fight actually took a little bit to, to marinate. But let's make Fire yeah. Bumgarner. I was shocked when they announced this fight because I thought for mm-hmm. sure that Baumgartner was going to fight Choi or Meyer was going to fight Choi to get that third belt, to make this an undisputed fight, to make it even bigger. But kudos to top rank, kudos to boxer, uh, kudos to Sky. There's a lot of different cooks in the kitchen for promotion-wise for this doubleheader for making this fight now, like realizing that let's strike while the iron's hot. They've been talking a lot of trash on, on social media. It's a unification bout. It's going to be a great fight. Uh, so props to the uh, powers that be. Uh, I think I'm not going to give a lot of props to Bro companies but i'll give them props uh now because they made this fight but to talk about mayor's uh volume 53 punches per round that's two minute rounds that's equivalent to like 75 to 80 in three minute rounds that's number that's three among female uh fighters mayor lands 19 punches around that's number two among female fighters lands 47 percent of her power shots that's number one lands 36 percent of her total punches that's number one among all women fighters uh, and, and she has a plus a uh, minus of 15.6 plus minus is when you uh, subtract your overall connect percentage from what your opponents land on you. Pretty much the name of the game hit and don't get hit. She does everything good in there. Um, I just think she's better. I, I just want to see how Bumgarner uh, handles this. What's Bumgarner's path to victory? Bumgarner has that great overhand, right? We saw that in Terry Harper fight. She fights well off her back foot. She's gonna she she creates that distance, moves backwards, doesn't throw a ton of punches, and she's looking to land that big power. You know, she's got a she has a good sharp right hand that she throws over the jab. Um, I've seen that in several of her fights, and and she was able to hurt Terry Harper and get her out of there. I think she's gonna look to do the same thing because if she goes punch for punch with Mayor, she's just not gonna be able to keep up. Yeah, she's got that big overhand right. I mean, that was a huge mm-hmm. shot. That was like like a oh shit moment. I was watching that yeah. fight and I knew about Baumgartner on the scene. Like she has made under 10 fights. Like she, uh, you know, not really promoted well. And they pretty much brought her in there. Harper was coming off a long layoff, uh, a world champ. And like, oh, let's bring in, um, you know, Baumgartner probably came in on the cheap and she'll give solid rounds to Harper. Did not think she was going to go in there and start her. Like yep. on her feet, standing up. That was like one of the best knockouts we saw last year, regardless of gender. That's the one thing. Uh, about women's boxing and we hear it from the detractors is there's not enough knockouts you know there's not enough of these moments where you know fans want to see knockouts you know you go to a baseball game you want to see home runs you go to a football game you want to see big hits fans want to see knockouts that's the one thing with Bumgarner if she can figure out how to land and she can I don't think it's gonna happen but if she can land one of those huge shots and and stagger Meyer knock out Meyer then we have a megastar in boxing oh yeah that would be forget it that would that would transcend male female that would be a huge huge upset um, I agree. I don't really see it happening. I think that Mayor is too smart, too long, boxes too well. Uh, Mayor's big for the weight class too, so Baumgartner's going to have to deal with that. Even though she's she may have a power advantage, um, I don't think she has a size advantage. Mayor isn't a big puncher in terms of knockouts, but she's physically very strong. So uh, it's a very it's an uphill battle for for Baumgartner to to find a way to win. Yeah, I don't know where where Meyer goes from if she wins, where she goes from here. I know she does. She's talking about moving up. You know, she's big. she's going up. 
Yeah, it's a big girl. If she goes up yeah. to 135, there are huge fights for her waiting there. You know, Amanda Serrano, Serrano moves back up to 135. Uh, Katie Taylor, you know, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of uh, women's boxing, I feel like, is on the rise. Um, there are The talent pool is getting bigger. Uh, we're able to make lists. I'm going to give you my uh, top five women boxers right now. Uh, coming in at number five, I have Sinisa Estrada. I think she's a star. Uh, lower weight, I think she's like 108 or even lower than that. Uh, throws a lot of punches, knockout power, uh, great smile, marketable, great on the mic too. Uh, I think she can be a star. Now she's signed with top rank too. I think that's huge. That's, just saw that. That's huge. That's, that's massive. Huge. That's a big one because uh, Top Rank has shown that they will make fights with Matchroom. They'll make fights with the other companies. Um, just look at this this weekend. Uh, that's a Top Rank. Uh, she'll be on ESPN too, which is great for her. Number four, I have Michaela Mayer. Like we said, I gave you all her numbers. Throws a ton of punches. Highly accurate. Tall, rangy. Good defense. Pedigree. Olympian. Uh, walks the walk. Talks the talk. Uh, you know, has the looks. Uh, love it. Has the look of a of a champ. And Michaela Mayer, I have number four. Number three, Clarissa Shields. I'm going to give her. Uh, the benefit of the doubt here on just being absolutely dominant uh, outlanded her opponents. I think her entire career, never been outlanded as a pro, which I think is just absurd. We know all of her accolades uh, undisputed at multiple uh, weight classes, two-time gold medal Olympian uh, have her at number three, number two and number one was the fight we saw um, this past year at Madison square garden. I got Amanda Serrano, number two, uh, the definition of pound for pound, Chris, going up in weight, fighting at 118, fighting at 126, fighting at 135 and nearly knocking out uh, Katie Taylor. You can make a case that Serrano won that fight. Uh, she's number two on my list. And number one, I think, is the best women boxer right now, obviously, because I have her number one. Katie Taylor, the pride of Ireland, uh, just so resilient. Uh, so many moments in that fight with, with Serrano, I thought she was out and she found a way to win. All she knows is how to win like a star soccer player was like a, a hero, uh, you know, turned to boxing is now become an Olympian has now become pretty much the face of, of women's boxing, huge fan base, throws a ton of punches, everything checks all the boxes, Katie Taylor. Uh, so that's my top five, Chris Strada, Meyer, Shields, Serrano, Taylor. Give me yours. Mine's a little different number. Uh, so starting, starting <laughs> down uh, at five, I've actually got McCaskill, Jessica McCaskill at number mm. five, which was very close in my mind with, with, with Senny. So I was trying to figure out those two. But um, man, those those wins over Breakhouse, Cecilia Breakhouse was was so dominant for so long. She beat her twice. Um, you know, she's she's looked spectacular in her last couple of fights. She was, I was very impressed with her last win. She's just a really tough, rough, powerful girl, and she's um, she makes exciting fights. You know, sometimes it's not always the prettiest, but I mean, she's she's a nightmare to fight. She would be a very difficult for anybody to beat. So I got McCaskill at number five. Uh, number four, I have Mayer, same as you. Um, we spoke, we've been speaking a lot about Michaela. I think she's a fantastic boxer puncher. She throws tons of punches from her copy box accolades. She is, should definitely be in the top five. She's, you know, she's top one or two in most of most of those copy box numbers. Um, number three, this is where we're going to get a little bit different, me and you. Number three, I have, uh, Amanda Serrano. Like you said, she's been up and down the weight classes. She's been all over the board. We spoke about power in the women's division. Well, Amanda Serrano has it. She scores a ton of knockouts. Uh, more more fights than not, she actually wins wins by KO. Uh, has been doing it for a long hits time. Like, hits like like you've seen her in sparring, like knock guys out. Yeah, oh, I, I've I've talked to sparring partners, and they say like I've never been hit like that. Girls who are concussed after sparring for for weeks afterwards. She's just she has that power. She's got something different in her, man. She can uh, she can really crack. We saw that against Katie Taylor, which that's not even really uh, Serrano's weight class, and and you know she was able to hurt her and almost get her out of there. 
Number two, I've got Shields based on, I mean, she's, she's undefeated. She, like you said, two-time golden uh, uh, world uh, Olympic gold medalist, mm-hmm. um, undefeated in two different weight classes. I mean, she, she's a nightmare to fight. She's all over you. She's not a knockout puncher. She only has two knockouts in, in her 12 wins, but um, I mean, she lands tons of punches. She's all over girls that she really shuts people down. And then number one, same as you, Katie Taylor, but those top three, they're almost, they're almost interchangeable. Katie and, and, and Amanda were razor thin in terms of, uh, you know, who won that fight, but you just can't leave shields out of there. And I'm sure so, so a lot of people are going to have shields at number one. Um, but I've got it as at the top, Katie Taylor, number two, uh, shields, number three, Serrano, four mayor, and then five, uh, Jessica McCaskill. Good list. Like your list. Uh, that's the thing right now pretty much illustrates what I was just saying, like women's boxing, we were putting together a list and it's not like universal. I mean, there's interchangeable parts. Right. Like we don't even have, um, Savannah Marshall in here. Um, she, if she wins shields, obviously she moves up to top three, but I like that the ring magazine that now has women's, uh, pound for pound list. So that's well, a big... 15, 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't even put a top five together. They're, they're just, the talent pool wasn't there and no, and no one had seen them. So there was no way to watch them. Now there's so many platforms for, for the female fights and they put on great shows. So um, yeah, it, it, the world is definitely changing in, in terms of female boxing. Yeah, this is probably the best year in the history of women's boxing. If you figure in Taylor Serrano, which was a massive event, that was massive unbelievable. Event. And then uh, this double header is huge. I was actually like, when I heard the announcement, I was like, oh man, I wish Bumgarner Meyer was its own main event like uh, in the U.S. on ESPN, like get them on first take, you know, put them through the ESPN car wash, like get them out in front because these are two marketable fights. This can really transcend uh, women's boxing and push it forward. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Let's keep making these big events, like a double header with Shields, Marshall. It's all women's card. It, it makes sense. And it's going to sell really well over there. That's another thing. Like UK uh, boxing fans are a little bit ahead of U.S. in terms of like uh, supporting women's boxing. Uh, Absolutely. That's a good top five. Uh, we'll have that out later. Uh, let's talk about Shields and Marshall. Uh, main event, another grudge match. I mean, geez, these two don't like each other either. No love loss. There's this. Uh, when is Shields uh, not? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. When is Shields not in a grudge match? <laughs> Everybody she fights, she tears into. Yeah, we talked about Wilder not having, maybe doesn't have that dog in him anymore. There is no denying. Savannah, uh, Kalusha Shields has that dog in her. So does Savannah Marshall. Hits like a mule. Yeah. We'll get she to does. her numbers too, but these two don't like each other. They have a history. I mean, they, there you go back all the way to 2012. The last fight that Clarissa Shields ever lost. She was a teenager. We're talking about like the quarterfinals of the world championships where the judges score the fights based on um, punches landed from what they're seeing. It's antiquated. They don't even do that anymore. You know, there's the Sky Sports posted the fight and they took it down because a lot of people think Shields won. But that's a big selling point in this fight. Shields has won on to win 68 straight fights. (laughs) Olympic gold medals twice. She has not. I'll give you the stat right here, Chris. 101 rounds. Lucia Shields has fought. She's outlanded her opponents in 99 of them. 99, one, and one. She was only outlanded once, and that was to Hannah Gabriel's round one in 2018. That's the same fight that Gabriel's uh, knocks Shields down uh, in the 10th round. She won that fight. She's won every fight since that uh, Marshall fight, which came so long ago. Do you think that should be like a a, a talking point of this fight? I know it gets under Shields' skin whenever they bring it up. I, I think it's a great way to market the fight because the, these fights can use all the marketing help they can have. But, you know, Marshall handing shields, the only loss of her career, even if it was in the amateurs, 
uh, still should it mean something? Hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, it does. I mean, you got to bring that up. It it helps not only with the marketing, but also with the mind games leading up to it, um, which we've been hearing back and forth between the two of them. And, you know, listen, someone's got a win over you, they have a win over you, no matter what. We as fighters are so damn competitive. If you beat me in basketball, I, I want to kick your ass. That, that, it's just, and I'm not going to forget it. That's, You'll fit in very well just, with this company. Then yeah, we have a lot of company. We have a whole warehouse built on that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm good at those. I, that was one thing. I beat Pacquiao in all the games we played, except for the, <laughs> except for the boxing game. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely, it, it matters. The, that competitiveness is there between the two of them. Um, there's no love lost between the two. Uh, I think that 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 makes this fight even that much more interesting. Thank God, oh, beat you before, you know. So. You can be beat, even though it was in the amateurs and very long ago, and you're in, and she was you know a teenager. It, it still matters. I think temperament plays a big role in this fight. Um, I think Shields yep. um, is very temperamental. We know this. Uh, she's passionate um, to a fault, um, and I think Marshall is very calm, cool, collected. And yep. I think Marshall has gotten under Shields' skin left and right um, for a while now because of going back to their first loss, uh, Shield, uh, Marshall likes to bring that up. Um, their last fight when Marshall knocked out her opponent, um, they met, you know, in the ring or outside the ring and, and Marshall brought it up again and Shields went off. She just like lost her mind. Like, I think that's going to play a big role in this fight um, is who can control their emotions inside of the ring. Um, Marshall hits like a tank. I mean, they're yeah. talking about these are two opposites in, in terms of style here. Uh, Savannah Marshall has stopped her last eight opponents. Um, she throws 60 punches around, which is equivalent to 90 in three minute rounds. She throws the most jabs. She's second in jabs landed. She's highly accurate. Uh, and she has something that all five fans love, and that's game changing power. If yeah. she's able to land one of those shots on shields, it's going to be very, very interesting in this fight. Yeah, I think this this fight has a lot to do with real estate. Um, Savannah Marshall, she fights at a, at a distance. I, I was actually I was watching her this morning, and she reminded me of like the female version of George Foreman, just oh. very relaxed, letting her hands go, just waiting to drop that hammer, just waiting on that right hand, whether it's the overhand or she got a great right uppercut too. So her fighting at that mid range, that longer range where she's able to be loose and keep her arms moving and and and, and long, that's where her power really is. She's extremely dangerous. On the inside, the fast hands of Shields is, I mean, she's lightning. She, when she's in that range, she lets her hands go, head, body, nonstop punches. It doesn't matter if you hit her in the middle either. She punches right through it. She's extremely overwhelming on the inside. So depending on where the fight is fought, you, I think you can see two different fights. Yeah, I'm so pumped for this fight. Uh, they're different in terms of um, opposition. I think that's no doubt that Shields has fought the better opposition. She's been a pro longer right. um, has this unbelievable streak. I mean, obviously she has uh, never been outlanded in, in her career, but it's also come against good opponents. Uh, it's yeah. also come against better competition. The, the, I guess the knock on Marshall is that she hasn't fought the top competition, but you can't deny the power and you can't deny um, the way she fights in there. I was watching some of her fights too. It's like a lot of fluidity. Like she's yeah. in there and she's like putting out that jab and like, you know, not really putting it out there to land, just constant movement. And that size, it, it, I mean, I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really hard for Shields. But the thing is with this fight and the reason why I'm picking uh, Marshall by decision is she can be able to get uh, closer Shields is going to be able to get a decision in the UK, given the two minute rounds, uh, given how close women boxing rounds go. Uh, we've seen it. Time and time again in these big women's fights with the two-minute rounds, it's really hard to judge a three-minute round. It's extremely hard to judge a two-minute round. Is Shields yeah. going to do enough in to win six rounds 
uh, depending if she does has a knockdown. She only has one knockdown in her career, so we, that's probably not going to happen. Can Shields do enough to win six rounds against Marshall? Do enough to differentiate herself. That's a, I just butchered that word. Be different in those <laughs> rounds to beat Marshall. Yes, I do. I think so. I, you, I know you you're. Think being, Shields is going to win. Yeah, I think Shields is going to win. Yeah. I, I like how you're being very calculated about your 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 uh, prediction. <laughs> And being smart about it, you know, saying with the round, I still got Clarissa Shields. She's just too overwhelming. She's smothering. She just, she, she gets on you. She, if you, she doesn't want to give an inch. She's letting her hands go. Um, I saw some things when I was watching tape earlier today about um, the footwork of, of Savannah Marshall. She can get tripped up at times. Her footwork is not as smooth. She can be a little heavy on her feet. And I think the speed and explosiveness of Shields, especially when she closes the gap, is going to give her a lot of trouble. Do you think Marshall, if Marshall's to win, how do you think it happens? Knockout? I, I think she would have to drop her herder and then um, just consistently keep her at bay. It's hard to, you know, you can never really call a knockout it's when you have someone like um, like Savannah who can really punch and really end the fight anytime against anyone. You know, it can absolutely happen, but I, I would see it more like her catching shields early, hurting her, and then maybe stunning her several times throughout the fight and just keeping her at bay. Because if you let shields get off, she's not going to stop. She yeah. just, she is, she is relentless when she, when she starts getting her hands going. Um, but unless Savannah can hurt her, I don't think she's going to be able to stop it. Wow. If, if Marshall's able to knock out with Shields, the internet will break. Right. They, they, a lot of people do not like Shields. And I think she likes it that way. I've said in the past, like she's got the formula down. Um, mm -hmm. It's like the Mayweather formula. It's like, yeah, the heel, you got to be the heel. People are tuning in when she should be a success story, considering where she's where she came from and how dominant she is. But you have to figure out a way to make money in this in this uh, business some way or another. Uh, you tune in to watch her lose. You tune in to watch her win. I mean, one way or another, you're tuning in. So that's a huge fight um, this weekend. Doubleheader afternoon. I'm going to the Yankee game with my lady. And I said, listen. It's going to be a tough day for you if you're not because <laughs> we're going to the Yankee game and then we're rushing back to, the to watch this yeah. doubleheader. And maybe she'll be into it because it's women's fighting and it's a little, it's maybe that's like a, a wrinkle. Uh, my girlfriend, maybe she'll want to watch that's a, that's a nice, that's a nice thought. <laughs> I was like, hey, I think I told her last night, I was like, hey, like it's a women's fight and there was zero reaction at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this so, the first fight she ever watched, Chris, um, was Lee Wood versus Mick Conlon. Okay. When the flying out of the ring, that's that's a hell of a that's a hell of an entry into the sport. So that was that was good on you. And she was like, <laughs> "Are they all like this?" I was like, "They're never like this." Like no, <laughs> <laughs> like make like a fighter. It was like that was out of a movie. Like Colin was yeah. winning the whole fight. Last punch of the fight, he gets knocked out of the ring into his father's arms. I was like, "No, this this doesn't happen often." But uh, and then the next day, like I'm pretty tight with with Colin, and uh, he sent me like a voice note. And he sounded so down and out. And I think she was impressed by that. But yeah. um, but we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm watching the fights regardless. I'll watch it on my phone if I have to because it's on it's on ESPN+. Plus. All right, we saved the best for last, Chris. Jake Paul. <laughs> Jake Paul Anderson Silva is happening October 29th. Are you giving Anderson Silva a shot in this fight? A shot? I'm, I'm predicting he is going to end the Jake Paul train. This is This is it. I'm telling you, that guy, I, I called the fight when Silva fought uh, Chavez Jr. down in, in Guadalajara, Mexico. I mean, the guy's not good for an MMA fighter. He's a good boxer. He, he looks like a seasoned professional in there. Takes his time, knows his way around the ring, had defense, was rolling his shoulders, was picking his shots. 
And then he, I mean, completely ices Tito Ortiz, puts him to sleep face down um, the next time he fights. I mean, the guy, he's, he's starting to come into his own. I thought there was no way he was going to be Chavez Jr. I was super impressed with his, his ring generalship, his savvy, his power, his durability. That was what I was worried about was, was he going to take the punch? Chavez Jr., say what you will about him. The guy could punch. He was strong. He was a great body puncher. He used to bust guys up and in, in, uh, in middleweight and super middleweight, but nothing. Silva took it, had no problem taking the shots even to the body. Came back, was winning, out out foxing him in every 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 way. Um, so I, I think Jake Paul, he's in way over his head. This is a this is a a, a big step up for him. And again, he's not a true, he's not fighting a true boxer yet. He's, he's the only fight ever ever boxer I've ever fought who's ever fought who has been undefeated with five fights and never fought a boxer. But uh, this is this is pretty damn close, and I think it's 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 too big of an ask. So the, the Jake Paul era comes to a close. Oh, over, Ooh. over, I, over. Silva beats him, and then he can go make YouTube videos or whatever he does. <laughs> well, why did he pick him then? Like. I say boxing. I, I he's, old. The video, he's old. He is 47. I mean, it's like the uh, coming to America scene. He's 147 years old. Like I <laughs> posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter and I love posting stuff on Twitter about Jake Paul because nothing riles up or triggers middle-aged men more than Jake Paul in a boxing ring. He middle-aged men are, are the guys responding. <laughs> yes. People call me names. I had a block. I don't block people. I blocked so many wow. people this week simply by saying like, this is a step up. This is a step up for Jake Paul because that is saying that Anderson Silva is damn good at boxing. Also posted a video of Anderson Silva's highlights. And I said, boxing ain't a hobby for Anderson Silva. Turned pro 1998. Has a deep love for boxing. Deep love. When you, you were there in, in Mexico, yep. Canelo was there. Afterwards, yep. Canelo gives a handshake. Like, a, like just so Canelo can put the dagger into Chavez even more. Like Chavez loses to an MMA guy who's 46 years old. And then Canelo goes in the ring and gives him a handshake. He loves boxing, Silva. Yeah. He just happened to turn to mixed martial arts and become arguably the greatest to ever do it over there. So this guy has the boxing pedigree. Uh, you can watch the highlight video. He has the movement in there. He also has been training in boxing the last three four years solely on that yeah you can't say the same for woodley cannot say yeah. the same for ben Askren. geez nate robinson stop so we have a well, guy woodley, woodley was coming off the couch and uh uh who's the wrestler uh um, Askren. Askren had a he had hip surgery like he had a replaced hip like two months before the fight, that fight was a joke a joke anderson silva can move in there anderson silva yeah. throws punches like Mm -hmm. There were 134 punches Chris, in the last two rounds against Chavez. Yes, Chavez during the last two rounds was probably, you know, conceding defeat or he wasn't giving back much. Jake Paul has not seen volume. Woodley threw 20 punches around. Do you understand how bad that is? Like Jake Paul yeah. was 20 punches around. That Woodley, that second Woodley fight was a bad watch. There's no doubt about it. He just happened, mm -hmm. Jake Paul, to land that knockout punch. And that propelled him to where he is today, where he's calling the shots. But this is a step up. There's, there, this is a step up. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that is Chavez Jr. better than Jake Paul right now in boxing terms? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Chavez Jr. Is a, was a legitimate good fighter. He was a world champion. I mean, he, he fought some of the best guys. He fought Sergio Martinez. He, you know, he, the guy is for real. 
Um, you know, he could fight. His problems are outside of the ring. And mm-hmm. that, obviously that, that bleeds into the ring. But in terms of his skills and what, what he did in his career, you know, he's a, he's a very good fighter. He's a top-notch fighter. Um, and even when he fought Silva, other than completely gassing out, he didn't look bad. I gave him the first round. After that, he completely fell apart. But, um, you know, in terms of skill set and what he's done, I mean, you, you can't knock him for that. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's like this is – people are just programmed to not give Jake Paul credit. Like, you got to give him credit for taking the fight. You got to give him oh, – you're, yeah. you're picking Silva to win. That's a dangerous call. Like, Jake Paul does not have to do this uh, right now because I've asked him this. I've said Conor McGregor is the payout for you. Like, you're not in boxing to become a world champion. You're not in boxing to build a legacy. You're in this sport because you want to make money. You figured out a way to enter a sport where you can maximize your popularity for one night. Where else can you do that in this world but outside of like doing a concert or something where you're a one-man band? So Jake Paul has maximized his popularity and has entered the boxing world, which, as you know, has a very low entry point and has found a way to work his way to the top. You almost have to respect it in a way. But I asked him, I said straight up, like, Conor McGregor is the payout for you. Like, that's the big one. Like, not Canelo, not Usman, not Nate Diaz. I mean, those you can make a lot of money doing those fights too, but McGregor is the fight where you can make like 60, 70 million, something absurd. Like, so why is he taking on Anderson Silva? This is what I don't understand. Like, that's the other side of the, the, the coin where I, this is where I get the haters. Uh, wherever I post anything about Jake Paul, they say these fights are fixed. Uh, Silva's going to take a dive. Uh, this is uh, they have an agreement where you can't knock them out. Like that's nonsense. Nonsense, nonsense. Like I said earlier about about us fighters being competitive, these guys are not doing that. Silva especially. Silva wants to win. Yeah, it's, I, I I spoke to Silva at the fire meetings in, in Guadalajara, Mexico. You know, I saw the way he was around around uh, around fight time, around all the press. I mean, that guy is he's trying to be something in in, in boxing. Like he's not just looking for a cash out. He loves this sport. He has a passion for it. Um, there's no way he's taking a dive. He wants, he wants to fight. He wants to beat this kid. I also asked Rockman that Rockman jr. And we could do a whole show on that saga, but he, I asked him straight up he's too. fighting, fighting Vitor Belfort. who trains in my yes. gym down here in Florida. I and see Vitor every day. Is Vitor going to smoke him? Vitor can box. Vitor is down here. He's sparring for real. He's in fantastic shape. Uh, Vitor, is another, another MMA guy whose true passion is actually boxing. He was a great, you know, he had great hands when he was when he was first coming up when he was known as like the phenom and came out he was 19, 20 years old, blasting guys out with crazy hand speed. He has always loved boxing. He's, he'll be the first one to tell you that. He that's his first passion. He loves the fact that he's doing it now. So he's another one. He lives it. He's in the gym every day. A lot of these guys, these MMA guys, love boxing because boxing was around first. And then they yeah. realized that you know what, I can I get into MMA and I, there's another avenue from for my skills. Uh but that's I, why I love boxing. Yeah. Right? We were sort of kickboxing, right? Yeah, so everyone's like, "Why didn't you?" I wrestled, I kickboxed, and I ended up boxing as as my my. You ever think about doing MMA? Crew. No, never, not once. And because, like you just said, when we grew, we were growing up, there was no MMA. You know, it was I, like I was underground watching... fights. Do you remember those? Yeah, like, no, you heard about really... like uh, who was it? Frankie Edgar was like a legend in 06 or 05 before UFC was like anything, yeah. or like even earlier than that. I heard about these like legendary like Fight Club things. Our mm-hmm. boy Ryan LaFlair would go to them. Yeah, that's what you that's what MMA was back then. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember renting like UFC, the Open Fighting Championship, like seven, on, you know, at Blockbuster Video, you know, like <laughs> on VHS. But no, when I was growing up, I was watching Oscar De La Hoya and, 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 and Roy Jones Jr. And, and Mike Tyson and hearing about Sugar Ray Leonard. There was no 
you know, Randy Couture was already, you know, by the time he, he was a, a, a legend, you know, I was already older. I didn't grow up watching box, uh, MMA the way I, I watched boxing. So it never was never a thought in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I got off a, a little bit of a tangent there, but Rockman, I, what I asked Rockman was, was that you, would you ever, you know, there's people saying that you're going to throw this fight and he brought up his dad fighting Holyfield when he got the hematoma on his head and mm. what his dad is, has given to the sport and what's that, what in turn that's given him, uh, you know, he's someone that always had, his dad had money and he never had to worry about stuff. And I would never disrespect the sport. I get the same sense from, from Silva. Like we'll never know if he would take a dive. Like I hate that too. In the, in the boxing, these fans dive, 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 dive after like any, any fight where there's a knockout, like Dillian White took a dive against, against Tyson Fury because he, he pushed him. He barely hit him. Like, I think Silva has too much pride. And yeah, for him, this is like his Super Bowl, right? He's 47. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be a world champ. Same thing with, with Jake Paul. Not going to be a world champ. Uh, so this is his Super Bowl. Had a pretty bad ending with the UFC. I think he lost like seven of his last eight fights. Uh, didn't get that like Hollywood send off. Uh, this is it for him. He beats Jake yep. Paul. He is a hero. He is legitimately a hero, and that's a very happy ending for Silva. So I don't think there's any of this like dive stuff. No, I, I, I don't. I, I hate hearing that. Like, like you said, I mean, I'm, and if a, and if a guy, you know, packs it in during a fight, it's it's not because he was paid to do so. It's probably because you're trying to protect his life. It's a very dangerous thing that we do. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's definitely a, a a fan speaking when they start saying stuff like that. You've never been in a life or death situation, there, big guy. So don't don't talk about you know taking dives. Um, but no, Rockman, same thing. I, that, that he's going out there. I truly believe Rockman thinks he's going to win this fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I think a lot of people do. But uh, Vidor is training for real. So, you know, we'll see. But I think those are real fights. And I, I don't think we're, we, we were, we're talking paydays and dives and, you know, guys throwing fights. Chris, we're going to get you on Twitter. And um, you're going to see a then lot. We're, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to see the hate really pour <laughs> out. Like uh, uh, Homer Simpson dad meme where he enters the bar and then leaves automatically. That might be your Twitter experience. You might <laughs> log on, like fire off a few takes and like your opinions on the fights. And then you just see the, some of the comments are so annoying, but I've, I've figured out a way to just like tune them out. I actually enjoy social media. But... We're going to, we're going to clip out me saying that the end of the, the Jake Paul train, we'll put yes, that out. 100% Ronnie. We'll see, we'll, we'll see that. <laughs> Producer Everyone Ronnie, me we're gonna have to clip that out. That's gonna be your first clip from this show. Is the Jake Paul era ends, and you, you look at people love then because people want to see him knocked out. Yeah, I mean, it, listen. It, at the end of the day, we're we're all just pundits, and we're you and I are just talking about what we think's gonna happen. But man, I, oh, I truly God. believe that one. I'm a pundit. You're a former world champion. Man, I'm turning into a pundit. <laughs> You're a media guy now. You're a media. Yeah, woman. I know. It's it's wild. It's wild. Did you ever, like you said, you wanted to do this, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been doing this since I was a kid. Like I remember sitting on my, my on my floor because I was the only one in my house who ever trained. So like I could see things when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old that other people couldn't. So everyone in my family is always asking me like, what's this guy doing there? What's going on? I would talk about it and I've been doing it in, you know, in bars and restaurants, whatever there's fights on them. I, I can't not rattle off what's going on. You know, it's just, that's, that's then in you me. call the heavyweight championship of the world. Then I call the heavyweight championship of the world. That's, that friend, was a feather. Corey that's a feather in the cap. Corey's a man. Corey's a man. Corey's he's, the he's best. A, you can see him in great broadcaster. All right. Great that's it, man. Uh, I have one last story for you. Uh, we're going to end on a funny note. I think you like this too, Ronnie. Um, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship held their third event in Thailand and provided fans with an interesting moment. Uh, where is, what is her name? Ty Emery. Oh, I remember. It didn't last long. 
Emery landed a clean uppercut hook combo, put her opponent away in just 141. That's when things took a turn, Chris. Emery took off to celebrate the victory. You've seen this in in are they in a ring? Yeah, they're in a ring in bare knuckle. In MMA, they go to the, they jump on top. They, you know, say what's up. Uh, yeah, I won. They jump top turnbuckle. That wasn't good enough for Emery. She <laughs> took her top off, flashed the crowd. But there's more to this story. She has an OnlyFans. Brilliant. Brilliant, right? Her only, her OnlyFans <laughs> has shot up. Like she's getting the most downloads ever after that moment. Brilliant move. Good for her. Smart. Do I have to add? (laughs) (laughs) I got got a lot to add. Not only is uh, that brilliant for her own marketing and and OnlyFans, but I think it's going to help Bare Knuckle. Like, I might actually watch those fights now. (laughs) Bare Knuckle is pretty crazy. It is. It's insane. It's insane. It's hard to watch for me a lot of times. Like, they're just they're just killing each other bleeding all over the place. The but, fights don't really last long. Like we like nah. we do the stats for them and like Knuckle Mania was pretty cool. Like Shaq is invested and they have the two minute rounds. They start in the middle of the ring. And I was like, yeah. like this is like gonna so be that's the, the total line one, right? Like yeah. the line and like they start right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is gonna be a sport of the future. I was like, I bought in heavy. Have you have you seen the triangle combat one where they fight in the, the triangle where there's literally nowhere to go? Yeah, I think that's a gimmick. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't want to see you in the triangle, right? No, I'm not doing any of that shit. (laughs) But yeah, Emery goes in there. And uh, in the past, she said that she wants to bring a new movement to the combat sports world. That movement is titties and violence. (laughs) (laughs) That's a t-shirt. That's a whole brand. Really smart. Oh, and Kendra Lust, who is a a big boxing fan. Big boxing fan. Yeah, yeah. I I know Kendra Lust. She sponsored her. This is why I sponsored her. Love it. So happy for you. She put in the work and it's been waiting for a long time. Uh, for this to happen so maybe we see more of that hopefully not this weekend uh this is a real women's uh fights this weekend <laughs> so uh, that's the latest uh from the wild world of bkfc that's show number one in the books chris was it everything you dreamed of you're now yes. a podcaster. you're now a john boy media employee um i enjoyed it yeah it's a lot of fun i mean i love talking boxing and then anytime you and i get to get to chat about what we love it's, a, it's always a good time so yeah, hopefully, doing a more. hopefully we see each other in Vegas. We have to finalize yep. our plans. I, I, as of now, we're heading out to Las Vegas to cover Triple G and Canelo. Going to have a lot of content coming your way uh, from Las Vegas. Producer Ronnie, who is here in the room, it's his first time in Las Vegas. His eyes are widening right now. I don't think his mic That's... is set up. We're going to show him the Vegas ropes. Is the mic on? Yeah, let, let's hope he survives this, this first one. First one's the toughest. Ronnie? Check, check. Oh, yep. here is Mr. Oh, Ronnie. There he I'm is. Alive. Ronnie, what, what yep. are you trying to accomplish in, in Las Vegas? Besides, like, obviously work stuff, because our bosses are in the next room. I'm planning on going to sleep at 8 p.m. every night. Um, Lies. You know, straight work, no mm. pleasure. I'm here to do the job. I love that. You're not going to go check out the fountains. You're not going to go check out the strip. You're not going to get one of those, like, three-yard, like, margaritas. You're going to end up, at, like, like, off the strip at, like, Doug from... Uh, Hangover? Uh, that will be a game time decision. <laughs> Mr. Ronnie, <laughs> always producing for us. Chris, great times. See you out in the desert. Uh, you're now officially a podcaster. Booyah. Hey, all right. That was, this, is, this is, I like this role. You said I wear a lot of hats. Here's another good hat. Love it. See you guys next time.